Kristen Ryan is a fine art landscape photographer and educator with a profound passion for capturing the world's beauty. Her heart is deeply connected to the enchantment that arises when dedicated nature photographers unite. Kristen's Women's Capture Magic Retreats are a testament to this devotion. She believes that women like her yearn for the opportunity to explore, create and forge connections with like-minded individuals. For Kristen, photography in nature instills a profound sense of tranquility and serenity. Her greatest joy lies in assisting others in capturing the awe-inspiring magic of Mother Nature through her teaching and the transformative experiences offered by her retreats. We talk about how her retreats came about, her creative process, and how landscape photography makes her feel fulfilled, along with a whole lot more. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Kristen. Welcome to Landscape Photography. How are you going? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to tell us a bit about yourself and your journey through landscape photography. I'd like to start there and find out a little bit more about how you got started, where the passion came from, and I guess tell everybody that's listening a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm, well, I'm a Midwest photographer. I'm outside Chicago, Mm -hmm. and I would say my interest in photography and taking pictures has been a part of my life ever since I was little. I always documented life and travel, even from being a young girl. And in in my travels post, post-college and as I got married, when I had kids, I started taking lots of pictures of them. I think I was always interested in learning more about the art of photography and how to use my camera. I took a black and white developing class actually when I was at Northwestern for college, but it was, it was an extra class. I just, so I didn't get to dive in as much as I wanted to, Mm. but when, so I have four kids, they're 17, almost 16, and then 12 year old twins. And when my twins were born, I started really wanting to learn how to to use my camera. And so that's around the time when I decided to take a class and actually figure out what all the buttons do, what the menus are, and how to flip out of auto, Mm -hmm. which was really enlightening. Since then, I realized, oh, that's why like my child running was blurry when the shutter speed was one over 40. And I'd get some good shots, but it was very accidentally. And so I started learning how to use the camera just really, I just fell in love with it. I was, I felt like so excited to be learning something new and to yeah, be creative. Yeah. And I had four little kids, so it was excited to have something for myself. It was pretty quickly after switching over to manual mode and learning that I took a trip out to the Tetons probably about nine months after I started really immersing myself in photography. And wow. I left the kids at home. And I just got to really immerse myself in the nature Mm -hmm. mountains. And that's when I think I would say that my switch was turned to take me down that road to landscape photography. Right. Um, That was just like, I think I always loved nature and I loved being out in the Tetons. That's a place I've been going since I was, I can't, I don't remember my first trip there because I was so little. Mm. My grandparents had a home there. And so 
being there, I think with my camera, actually knowing what to do with it was one of the most amazing weekends that I've ever had. And it just started my journey into moving towards landscape photography. Fantastic. Yeah. My kids got me switched over off of auto, but once I got there and got out in nature, that kind of took me down that landscape and nature path. So, yeah. yeah. So was that where it started to become an art for you as opposed to a means of recording what you saw? Yeah, I think so, because I always really enjoyed documenting and being creative. And I always had a vision with my kids of what I wanted to capture, but didn't know how. I'd know when I got it, but I didn't really know how I got it. And then with the landscape photography, that it did, it became an art for me and it became an expression of myself and my true awe at the mother nature and the world around me and that I think that was one of the things is I did know lots of people photographers that also took pictures of their kids and I still did that but it became the nature became that was just for me I didn't need a subject that had to cooperate no, my kids didn't have to be part of my photography, of my yeah, art. They, they, they don't look out of shot when you don't want them. And, yeah, they don't right. they started, you don't want them to. <laughs> they started wearing like dirty, non-matching fluorescent clothes and they're still my kids and I love them. But yes, it really became my own way of expressing myself and yeah. seeing myself in the beauty around me. And I think it also got me, it got me out into nature more Mm. because the, that kick to, to take my camera out and create also got me out there, which I think really good for me. I don't know. I think for a lot of people, it's a little bit of an escape when they, we get out there and all we think about is, is the nature in that current moment instead of what we did yesterday and what we have to do later and when yeah. you're my who, who's been fed and who hasn't and <laughs> <laughs> right exactly <laughs> sure. um I that's really helpful because I it brings me right into the present moment I don't I don't worry about things I don't I'm only thinking about what it is that has my full attention mm. in front of me whether that's the grand scene or something more detailed and yeah. I love that Fantastic. I guess a lot of photographers talk about getting into that flow state. How does that sort of work for you? Is it something that you find really easy now to flip into or is it something that always takes a little bit of time? For me, I feel like it's much easier when I travel. Mm. I don't get to do a lot of photography when I'm at home because it's harder to escape. Um, and justify telling them I'm just disappearing um, at sunset or whenever um, sometimes I get to but when I travel it's not hard for me to once I'm out there with my camera without other things that are weighing on me then that's when I just my I feel like I get much more calm 
Mm. Also with that sense of excitement, it's like that easy extensive excitement to just be to just be in nature and with my camera and feel like that is really all I need to be thinking about that's definitely a release for me and then I just tend to respond to whatever is in front of me that Mm. makes me pause at home I find it much harder because I feel like my brain is more weighed down by all the things that I maybe could or should be doing (laughs) how about you (laughs) yeah for me it's it's a little bit easier because my kids are a little bit older now but so we're not doing a lot of the chasing around the funnily enough my middle child she's 20 27 now blimey Um, she (laughs) actually asked if I was going out this weekend to do a a sunrise shoot because she wanted to come out and enjoy the sunrise with me which happens occasionally they don't always they, they certainly don't always ask and they, they don't always uh, want to come with me at ridiculous yeah. o'clock <laughs> yes none of mine ever asked to go out for a sunrise with me that is definitely not something they're interested yeah. in doing what you mean get up at 3 a.m you're joking you know? <laughs> <laughs> my daughter sometimes tells she's one of my 12 year old she's I have one one of my four is a girl and sometimes she tells me that she wants to come and be my assistant on my mm-hmm. ladies landscape retreats and I tell her, I said, that's a really nice idea, but I really don't think that you would be very happy <laughs> <laughs> getting up at really early hours of the day. <laughs> but yeah. it's cute that she's interested. Yeah. My kids will always say, look, mom, you got your clouds when there's pretty clouds floating by. So yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I do get the occasional shot sent to me saying you would have really liked this sunset or something. There's a nice sky. Yeah. <laughs> and it's usually when I'm doing something mundane like mowing the lawn or whatever. Yeah, I was napping on our most recent trip when we got to like a new spot and it was raining and I was really tired and I had to take a little nap. And when I got up, my my son goes, yeah, there was this one moment that you would have really liked the light and you would have wanted to take a picture because he said the light was like streaming through the clouds and creating some interesting light, which I thought was interesting that he was, yeah, that you would have liked that moment. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's quite interesting the effect that photographers' work can have on their relations, their family, because I know my wife, she'll come in while I'm editing or something. Oh, that's pretty or or whatever. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's about the, the the most praise I normally get, which is fine by me. That's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice <laughs> it's when not they my market. <laughs> Even if they don't always understand our craziness. Yeah. You know, it'll definitely be like, oh, why don't you, I really like this one. Why don't you print that one? Yeah. They don't quite get the obsession, but they get that it's your thing and that it's something that's important to you. Yes, yes, which is good, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm interested in how you motivate yourself, particularly having the family and to actually get out and do things on your own. It's very difficult. I know know from personal experience that you've got things to do and people to look after. How do you balance that? Um... Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Sometimes I feel like I balance it better than other times. 
like I said, it actually does tend to be easier for me when I'm actually out of town. Sure. Because when I'm gone, I know they have to, they just have to manage on their own because I'm not there. So that actually helps me a little bit when I'm able to make the trip work. My husband's very supportive mm. of me doing so I do a, a little bit of travel mostly in leading workshops for women and he is very supportive and my kids are pretty independent when I'm gone as well so that helps I've gotten to that point but I think I have learned it's something that I really need yeah and it it feeds me in an important way when I come back from a trip or even when I do get out at home one of the reasons it's hard for me to get out at home because I can go out during the school day sometimes but there is always stuff to do and yep. I'm a slow also I'm a slow editor so I'm Wrong. always like oh I have all these images that I want to work on already so sometimes that actually also keeps me from going out as much at home just because like I need more images like I need a hole in the head sometimes <laughs> oh my god oh my god I have gotten to all of these but but I, whenever I go, I know that I need it. It makes me calmer and it makes me a better mom. When I go on my trips, I feel, I, I have a really hard time leaving. I have a lot of anxiety before I go, but once I get somewhere and I'm immersed in the nature, I like it's, I'm always reminded of why that's important for me to do. Yeah. And that it makes me a more fulfilled person, it which makes me a better wife and mom to have something that is inspiring to me, is challenging for me, and is something that is just mine. Because yeah. most yeah. of the time that I'm home, I'm really focused on what everyone else needs. And I think it's so that it just keeps reminding me, you need this, you need to keep doing it. My kids will be grown. My first one's going to go to college next year. They're going to grow up. And I think it's important to keep aspects of myself. Yeah. And I also, I just really need that connection to nature. And when I lead my workshops, I have that connection to people that share my passion. And those connections are, have become just as important to me as even the photography. Oh, sure. I think even when I know that it's hard, I know I'm doing the right thing. And I think it's really good for my kids to see that I have something I'm passionate about and to see that I do something that I'm really excited about. And it forces them to be a little more independent. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. yeah. Although, yeah, that's, but it's not always an easy balance. Like, <laughs> When I plan my workshops, I'm like waiting for my daughter's dance competition schedule and making sure trying to find out when my son's senior things are like my stuff tends, <laughs> it tends to come after I have, yeah. which I always like, I'm like, okay, I worked so hard on all this. And I'm like scheduling around a 12 year old's dance, which seems sometimes silly, yeah. but I know like they're going to. They're only little ones. and That's exactly it. You've got to give them the opportunities that they can get when they're that age. Yeah. So I just work around that. And I think the other thing is sometimes I feel like I would like to be out more, whether it's at home or traveling, but it does make my opportunities when I am out just 
that much more valuable. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful for those opportunities. And I also think it's taught me to see beauty and in a like a deeper way. Yeah. Because it's not, oh, I can just go out anytime the clouds look good, or I can hop on a plane whenever. I yeah. I can't. So when I go somewhere, it's well, whatever I get is what I get. And yeah, finding the conditions are what they are. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's taught me to see, definitely to see some beauty in various situations that I might not have, especially when I first started out. I'm interested in how you plan. Obviously, you talked a little bit about having to move things in around other things in your life. And I think everybody does that to a certain degree. But are you in, in terms of when you're planning your trips, are you thinking about particular places and shots that you want to capture? Or are you more thinking about the logistics of getting there and how how you're going to, and then you let the photography take care of itself when you get there? Yeah. So for my trips, I have certain places that I might have interest in going. Of course, if I'm traveling with my family, it's very different. Sometimes we go places that I, or I might want to see as a photographer. But it's it goes different with my family. And then I have yeah. photography focus trips, which often line up with also leading a workshop. And then I'll give myself a, a couple extra days, whether it's partly for scouting, partly for my own in, enjoyment of shooting. Sure, sure. Um, so usually some of it's some of it is availability in my schedule. Mm-hmm. Some of it is designed based on when a good time for that particular place might be. When I'm there, when I'm leading a workshop, if there are certain locations that I know people want to see, of course, that may be an iconic location or or whatnot, that is something that I plan for, yeah, for yeah. them. And there's, <clears throat> there's often places that I might say plan to go say for sunrise or for sunset or just that I want to spend time at but I don't usually have one specific shot that I get or sometimes if you go to a place that you want to see an iconic location I might go and I might take that shot but I'm usually I don't really plan things out to it. I'm not planning things out to a T. I more just trying to experience the place and let that guide me. Mm-hmm. So. In terms of goals, is that something that you set yourself in your photography or do you think it's important to have goals in your photography? I think it can be. Good to have goals in your photography. I feel like I had more goals early on. I think I came into my business, so to speak, of leading ladies retreats and teaching pretty organically. I didn't set out to have a business. I just fell in love with landscape photography. I started teaching an online workshop that developed a community that the forum I taught on was primarily women. So it developed relationships. And then that led me to wanting to create an in-person experience. 
And I didn't really have, I didn't have some goal of having a business or leading a certain number of workshops or whatnot. I just followed what I loved to do. Mm-hmm. And I would come up, I would have a lot of different ideas in my head. And sometimes maybe I could call that a goal. I've had a particularly busy year this last year, both of my kids and some minor health things that zapped a lot of energy. And I took a, not a, I guess a step back a little less time online and just, I had some ideas of things I wanted to do. And I just realized I don't have the energy right now. Yeah, I'm doing my in-person retreats. I have my kids. I have these ideas, but right now isn't the time and that's okay. And I said, I love photography. I love getting out. I love coming back with those moments that made me pause, that took me fully into the nature and appreciating our world and I think that's my main goal right now, which <laughs> mm. seems like weird, but just to keep following what makes me inspired to be out with my camera yeah. and to take pictures and to share with other people and to connect with them okay. and feel like if I keep doing that, that I hope that just keeps leading me in yeah. the same direction I'm going. And I do have a couple ideas, just for example, I really have wanted to create a portfolio coffee table book of the Tetons and, and images from there. That's something that I would say is a goal of mine to do. Mm. Um, But I'm not quite sure when I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think that's, I, I think that's quite a positive way to look at it though. And recognizing that, it's something that's there and that you want to do but you're not quite ready to do it or you're not quite sure exactly how to approach it and working out that approach is necessary in the steps that you've got to take rather than rushing in to go all right i'm going to take all the photos i can of the tetons and then put them on the table and work out what goes in a book which is a way of doing it but yeah yeah And when i like business wise i have increased my number of retreats and I'd have ideas. Oh, I want to add one here, there, and but then life wouldn't just didn't allow me to take sure. another scouting trip. And I'm not very complacent. I'm always just always wanting to improve, always wanting to grow, do new things. But I think that actually, I almost set a goal for myself of being a little like more content in just. Yeah. Yeah where I'm at and allowing myself to just be which is like hard (laughs) sometimes when you're like especially when you have wanderlust and you want to go to all the places and that kind of thing yeah it's actually it's probably good for me to just be like okay this is good I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm going to keep doing what I love and let it keep leading me down that and I just I just feel like it's so important to keep shooting what makes you feel inspired and to help if I can just keep helping people do that same thing for themselves in my workshops and the yeah. people with in my teaching that's like my main goal yeah that's why we picked up the camera in the that's first it. place yeah so yeah. so is that what success in your photography looks like for you being content with it 
I think being happy and excited by what is on my viewfinder. And ultimately when you, when I am on my computer, because sometimes I get back to the computer, I'm like, oh, maybe that's not as good as yeah, I thought. What, what you saw on the back of the camera isn't quite what you get on the computer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although you don't you have those other times where you get back to the computer? Like, oh, I didn't think that was good, but I like that. But yeah, I think when you're out there and you look at the, the back of your camera and you have that, when you like take that breath, oh, I love that. I need, I need to edit this now. <laughs> that's that That excitement, that enthusiasm feeling like, Oh, look at that. And then feeling like what you got in the camera reflects that moment that made you excited. Mm. I feel like that's what it's all about, I think, for me. And to see that happen for like the ladies in my workshops when they feel like that, that that is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I really think that's That's cool. No no problem. Because I think that's why we take pictures, because we're about what we see. Yeah. And for to have that feeling in yourself that you love what you captured is, I think that's, that is a feeling of success. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. For someone that hasn't seen your work before, how would you describe your style to them? And I'm interested in exploring a little bit of how that style has developed from where you started to where you are now and where you see it going. Yeah, it's. I think it's always hard to describe your own style. Yeah, that's um, why I asked the question. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really thought about giving it words all that recently, but I think colorful, I tend to lean towards color. Yeah. Uh, although maybe not as colorful as I used to be. Really drawn to color, but I'm actually drawn to just light and and softness even as much as the burners (laughs) I'm trying to think what were what words I would really use I don't know I don't know how I would best describe my work I feel like it's for me it's just reflective but yeah right uh, I'm not sure okay that's fine not not, not a problem colorful but I tend I do tend to take I don't stick with one subject or one set of tones Mm. Uh, I love the grand landscapes but I've also become very intrigued with more intimate especially intimate landscapes with uh, my telephoto so yeah, I think I, zooming I, into some of those details can be very rewarding when, you know, both out in the field, just, just looking for those smaller compositions where you're tightly cropped in, into an aspect of the of the scene. Yeah, I definitely find myself, I when all the factors come together for a grand landscape, when you're sitting there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it just takes your breath away. Like that kind of moment is there's no words when you're just speechless about how it all comes together I love that but I also just really love when there's various smaller stories within that wider frame that I can use a a longer focal length and tell those different stories and capture those details and quite often those even if I'm like in awe of the the grander scene 
oftentimes I find that the smaller ones are my favorite images Mm. that I keep going back to. I do think I'm drawn. There's for me, there's a softness about my imagery, not to say that it's not in focus, but (laughs) I think I seek, I seek calm and serenity and a, a bit of order. I don't think that my images are chaotic. Mm. I think my life is chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) And so I seek my images to be without chaos and with a sense of a sense of serenity and like softness is not the right word. There's another word that I'm looking that is like in the back of my head, but that like peace, something like peacefulness that just that sense of awe and calm about being out in nature is the way is what I seek to create in my imagery. And I hope that that comes across to a viewer. It comes across to me. Yeah, it (laughs) certainly comes across to me. My, My description would be fairly naturalistic. So you're not trying to take things out to bizarre levels that see scenes that aren't really there though that that said as you said some of the intimate scenes the the abstraction of the yeah. smaller scene in the grand landscape I think is uh, a really good technique for taking the viewer out of themselves and out of the scene and into something that's a little bit I guess something that they something unseen something that they wouldn't normally focus on in if they were standing at a lookout on the Grand Tetons, for example, that sister in front of them, they might see that as an element, but they might not sit down and focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that definitely. I'm very drawn to using long exposures to whether it's water or clouds, that just that softness and that that's a technique I love, and I think part of it is is that. Yeah, it's that trick of the light that the eye can't do. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. How do you balance that desire to create something that's original and unique with mm-hmm. the need to also stay true to the natural environment and the reality of the scene? I think you do that quite successfully. I'm just interested in your take on it. Yeah, I think I do think that using a technique like a long exposure or in certain situations, say intentional camera movement when in a in the like a beach type of setting, water or with trees, I do that sometimes as well. Mm. To I I like to use those techniques that maybe will create something a little bit original because different shutter speeds at different times create a different look that might be somehow unique or at least unique to my own vision or is the vision that I'm having in that moment. Those kinds of things can help me or pick finding that less obvious part of the scene in front of me. So where light might be hitting or if there's fog just finding those spots. And then I, yeah, I do definitely post-process to 
to stay pretty true to the scene, I'm generally editing to bring out in me the emotion that I felt as I stood there. So with some images that might be less editing than others, but my goal is for it to feel to me, to bring the emotion out in myself that I felt when I pressed the shutter. And I see that as being successful if it brings me to that emotion. But if it is completely unrealistic to what I actually saw, then it wouldn't actually feel like wouldn't bring that emotion to me because it would now be something that I wasn't witnessing. But I think sometimes we do see things, we can have a vision that is slightly elevated from the reality, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I I, I know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you can be standing there, you can see sometimes I think we can see, oh, maybe this isn't as something as you might want it to be as well. I can really see how you can play. This feels really moody to me. Yeah. And I love that. Maybe you can intensify that moodiness. Yeah, you intensify or dial it back or or depending on how you felt in that moment and what you might want to express. So maybe it's a little elevated or enhanced beyond that present scene, what someone else might not have felt but it's how you felt and what you saw i think you've already answered this question but are you one that races home with a a card full of images and straight onto the computer and get into them or do you like to let them marinate (laughs) for a while (laughs) i will say that so i just got home from glacier two nights ago and once upon a time i always i brought my laptop with me just so i could upload as just so that they'd be on the computer. Now I've stopped just because it's too heavy. I have too much other stuff, but (laughs) I will, I definitely, as I was cleaning up my kitchen, when I got home, I had my images uploading to go through. I like them to, I like to upload them and I like to go through them all and start delete anything I really is not going to work and to star something like ones that I envision wanting to go back to tag tag the ones you know you're going to get into yeah yeah but I editing wise like I take forever and I flip (laughs) between trips and I don't even always edit my favorites right away which I think is weird (laughs) I think some people think I'm nuts so I was like yeah sometimes I won't edit like my favorite till a long time later I'm like what's wrong with you and I'm like <laughs> or sometimes maybe I'll edit one and but I won't share it for a long time yeah. and I think the reason for not editing it some of my favorites I think it's just because I love them so much and it was such a special moment that I just want it to I want to keep it to still happen it's like I want it to still be able to go back to it and once I've edited it it's it's done um, yeah. done yeah, I know it's so strange, but I don't know. It's a it's a positive and a negative because sometimes when I'm like going to do a webinar or something like that and I'm like going back searching for a particular kind of image yep. and I'll be scrolling through my catalog, seeing all these starred images and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I all these I, I'm like never going to get to them. It makes me sad. <laughs> but at the same time, like I love that I can go back to and something older and and it takes me back to those moments 
And so I find that, and I don't like to edit the same. I like to mix it up. So I love to edit one from one. Sh- it might be the same trip, but even yeah, if diff- I have different scenes, yeah. Yeah, different scenes. Even if I have 10 that I really love from one morning, like I will never edit them all in the same, at the same time. I I yeah. just like variety, I think. Uh-huh. And yeah, so I definitely, I definitely take a while and I tend to be slow. Sometimes it does make me sad because I know there's images. I probably really would love edited, but, and I may never get to them, but I also realize I experienced those moments. Yeah. Even if, even if the image never gets edited and shared or anything gets done with it, I was there and I, I spent that time enjoying that scene and if that's all it was, that's okay too, because really being out there and experiencing it is the biggest part of it. So, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, I have a very big backlog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know too many photographers that don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know there are, I know some people, they come home. I've had people oh, diligently <laughs> go through everything just, and yeah. Yeah. They're like, here's my album. Two days later, I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I've I've got trips from last year that I want to do books for, but it's yeah. like, yeah, I'll get to it. <laughs> and these <laughs> aren't like- books that I'm going to publish and sell. These are just for me. One, okay. one of the things I like doing is creating photo books that we can, instead of doing the old photo albums. And so yeah. it, it'll be a mix of snapshots and some of the ones that I've uh, spent a bit of time creating some art but i've got about three three trips in the last couple of years that i I still need to do books for yeah do you tend to get started right away or what what do you Uh, do yes and no it depends it depends a bit on what's going on in life as well sometimes you get back and it's like all right all i'm going to do is just make sure that they're backed up onto the computer and then i've got cloud backup and other storage (laughs) here so that at least it's backed up. It's not going right. to disappear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that if I if I drown the camera with the card that's full of uh, shots, I'm I'm not going to lose anything. But yeah, beyond that, sometimes I'm yeah I I will get in and I will do an entire shoot all in one sitting if I can. But there's other times when yeah you just can't do it. I, I and it, sometimes it, like you. I, I want to savor that one a little bit longer and, yes. and, and leave uh-huh. it, but mostly I will go for the bangers first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely pick out some favorites, but sometimes I'll have, there's been a couple of times where I've had images that I just feel like they're so special to me that mm-hmm. it takes me a little while to share. I may add it a couple of times I've edited them, but I just, I'm like, I'm not ready to share it yet. I just want to keep it for myself and yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just particularly we we just got back from Fiji. We did a week over there. Oh my gosh! Uh, and yeah, some absolutely stunning scenery and whatever. But for I was there for a week, and I think I took the camera out three times. Is that the first <laughs> time you've been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was. It wasn't a photography trip. We were there from a right. for a friend's fiftieth, so that was okay. the, the the focus. But yeah, you know, I took some shots. I'm happy with what I got. I'm just now start. I didn't edit any or anything. I didn't like you. I wasn't going to pack the the laptop and take it with me. Yeah. You know, a couple yeah, extra you're kilos. Much I think Sorry. you're much closer. 
you're much closer i think to fiji than i am oh yeah yeah it's only i think it's about a five hour flight i told my husband that when my twins my youngest two go off to college that's where we have to go <laughs> oh definitely i'd recommend it it's a stunning place people are fantastic it's amazing and we did quite a bit there did some trips up up rivers and things to waterfalls and Oh, yeah, wow. I, did, I didn't even take my phone with me on that trip. So all, all, all the photos that I got from there were from other people who had waterproof cameras and things because I just wasn't going to take anything with me that was going to get wet. It sounds <laughs> amazing. That sounds yeah, amazing. Oh, it was. It was, a, it was an amazing trip. But getting back to you and your stuff, I'm interested in talking a little bit about the workshops. How did that start for you and how did you start developing that into your business? Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, I had, I had started teaching an online photography, landscape photography class. It was back with a forum called Click and Moms Company and they had some photo classes and I had taken some classes with them. And then, you know, when I really dove into the landscape photography and they didn't have anything like that. So I started teaching, I pitched a class to them and so I started teaching this four week online class and right. I think I, so I started teaching that in 20, 20, ah, 2014 right. Right. and so I had taught it twice a year and after a couple of years it developed, I had a Facebook group for alumni and it just started developing friendships and relationships and nice. I started feeling like I really wanted the opportunity to be able to work with photographers in person and in a in a place that was really inspiring and to cool, just cool. to have my at the time I looked out there and there I don't know if there were any workshops that were dedicated to women run by women but I didn't find any and I felt there were a lot of women that were wanting to do more landscape photography but were maybe intimidated to go on some workshops, maybe scared to go out alone. Often they, again, go on family trips, but their family wants to eat dinner during sunset and all these things. I, the same company, Click and Moms, they had a, a conference that I went to and taught at. So when I went and taught at it and I connected with these women, but we only had an hour and a half in the middle of the day. I was like, really need more time. We need to be in different location because the location I was able to teach wasn't necessarily what I would choose for landscape photography. Yeah, I just felt we need more time and we need to be in a, a place where we really want to do landscape photography and to have a small group of women that can come together and connect about our passion and to get out and shoot together is something that I felt like there would be a lot of women who would be interested in that. With my history in the Tetons, that was, I was like, I could lead people around on a wor workshop tomorrow. <laughs> I'd spent so much time there. I'm like, I just, obviously there's a lot more that goes into planning a workshop, but yeah, I, I had this vision for what I thought it could be. I've finally planned that and made it happen in September of 2017. Right. And it was a success. And so I did it again in 2018 and it sold out in a couple hours. Nice. So then I decided to add another retreat there at a different season. And 
those sold out even quicker. So I, and I just loved it. Like I just, it was everything that I hoped that it would be. It was lots of work, but really it just felt like I, every time I go, I feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. It feels just connecting with all the women and having these opportunities, it's really rewarding. So I've added some location. I ended up after 2019 or in 2019, um, adding some locations. So I've built up over the last couple of years, I've done six retreats each year. And uh, yeah, so I think it's, I started since I started and people who kept responding so positively, just adding from there is the interest increased. And I've had so many women come back to multiple retreats, Mm -hmm. which has been especially rewarding because one of the main reasons that I started it in the beginning is for that connection and community. So to have people who wanted to, to come back and Sometimes it's the same place. Sometimes it's a new place, but it's, it's been very special to, to deepen the friendships and to see the ladies grow with their photography. Fantastic. What could somebody expect to experience on one of your retreats? So most, we spend most of our, we spend all of our time as in the field as much as we can. It's not really a classroom environment we're just being in the locations that we're at i try to maximize our time in the field so that we're really getting out and shooting as much as possible we'd spend as much time like meals together i'll try and give people some downtime like i'm i try to weigh out the whole let's get as many opportunities as we can while we also take that time to recharge and get to know each other so we spend meals together and I find it to be a very supportive community of women Mm. I always come back feeling like the the people that I spend time with are the best part of the trip and that I love the way everyone inspires each other and supports each other I'm obviously there to help and encourage the women too with their photography and anything they want to learn. But I love that they're always willing to help each other as well because different ways of looking at things. I try to offer lots of different ideas and encourage them as well to explore what it is that speaks to them. I'm not, I will do as much hands-on helping as possible, but I also like to enable people to, explore the scene in their camera for themselves so that they're really they're really doing the creating and are going to be able to take that to their next experience mm-hmm. rather than not so much okay here are your settings put these in yeah that kind of thing and then I really see it as like an opening and a start of a relationship so I try to like I said that sense of community and friendship and not just okay you came see it. so awesome. that <laughs> um, that's that's the way that um, no it sounds, sounds really lovely and it's fantastic that it's been such a success for you 
Yeah, I feel really fortunate. I just came home from Glacier and I had seven ladies there and five of them were past retreat attendees. A couple of them who've been on several retreats before and Mm -hmm. I just feel very thankful to do something that I love so much to come away just feeling so filled up. I'm exhausted. (laughs) You can't shoot. You can't shoot for six days straight and and not come home exhausted. My daughter was like, mommy, why do you always come home so tired? But it's tired. Is that the one that wanted to be the assistant? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You should take her one day just to give it her a go. She would never come back. (laughs) maybe someday she'll like photography too I don't know but yeah it's it's, I really feel so fortunate because it's I feel like it's the best job nice obviously the Tetons is something uh, is a place that keeps drawing you back are there any others that you just have to return to whether it's you just haven't got the shot or it's just something that's magical about the place so the places, the places I do my currently do my ladies retreats are in the Tetons, Glacier, which Glacier is taking a break next year because my oldest is going to graduate from high school and go to college. Yeah. I couldn't plan it. I've up in Banff, the Canadian Rockies. I love Jagged Mountains. They like, yep. they really speak to me. And I definitely I think you're going to be dead inside not to like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I definitely had that feeling when I left Glacier this time. Oh, wait, I'm not going back next year. I might, I, but I already like was inquiring when can I book for 2025 because I like, oh, I, I need to know when I'm coming back. I know it's the right decision not to do that one next year, but oh. I also love the ocean. I, I love water as well as mountains. Yes. Yeah. So when you can combine the two, whether it's lakes or ocean. So I've also, I've done a couple of years of retreat in Hilton Head, which is a totally different vibe, more relaxed. We all stay in a house together and I've done Chicago as well, which Chicago, I live outside Chicago. So it's just, I've done a weekend um, workshop and um, Chicago is a fantastic city to photograph, but Yeah, yeah, the and ocean really are like i really love Kauai is a place that i've been a few times and it feels like i could just stay yeah certain places that you go and you just feel like that you enjoy going and you have a good time but you don't necessarily feel like you have to go back yeah Kauai for me is one of those places where it's i i gotta come back again i can't i can't not come back it has to happen (laughs) So that the Kauai definitely is one of my heart places. I haven't been for a couple of years now, but yeah, I will be back there for sure. That's I often ask if there's a place that you've been to that you'd like to retire to. Is Kauai that for you or? Oh, that's one of them. I just, my family and I just went to the Lofoten Islands in Norway. And that was, we went to Sweden because my, my dad, I'm a hundred my dad's 100% Swedish and I wanted kids to go to Sweden. So we were there and then we were in Norway and those islands were really incredible. I would love to go back there and spend more time photographing. I did some photography, but it was more of a family. Yeah. Yeah. 
a trip. So that's definitely one place I'd love to go. And I'd love to go in the winter because I love winter landscapes. But so that's one place. I definitely have other places I'd love to go back to as well. Kauai is one of those places where I feel like I could just go and stay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) there's something that's very, it feels of all the places I think I've been, it has a similar feel to me as I feel in the Tetons. One of the things I love about the Tetons is how majestic and magical it feels. And yet Mm. the valley feels intimate to me. It's not like glacier is amazing and the mountains are incredible but it's a huge park and the yeah. mountains are on everywhere which isn't necessarily a bad thing sure. but um, but the tetons feel there's an intimacy about them to me that's it's just a little smaller not quite as much dry like it just there i don't know i think that's like the homebody in me because okay. I'm like, I have this wanderlust, but I'm also a homebody, which is weird. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's weird because <laughs> I'm like, I want to go here and here. And yeah, I'm also like very much of a homebody. Happy, happy to stay at home. Though. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's the, maybe it's the introverted part of me that's the homebody. And then yeah, it could be, could be. <laughs> but, but yeah, Kauai feels a bit the same to me. It feels amazing and magical and yet intimate in a way. Oh, yeah. So the Tetons and Kauai have that have a similar type of feel for me, even though they're two totally different landscapes. Sure. What else is still on the bucket list? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Lots of places. (laughs) I'm still trying to get to Iceland. Um, I know, like, that's been a trip. I was like, I've got to get there. But then COVID happened and still just haven't gotten there. And I really want to go to Scotland. I'd love to go down like to Patagonia, of course, like all the just very majestic landscape areas. Lots um, of jagged mountains. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to go to Fiji. So I'm very, I love like beautiful blue water as much as I love mountains. I'm like, either one brings me like this real sense of, sense of serenity and calm yeah. and, and excitement, excitement um, yeah. where you just like, feel like you're taking deeper breaths yeah, um, I don't know exactly what you mean yeah, yeah and I I really love to go to New Zealand yeah. but I know that some places like that it's like way too far for me to go until I think my kids are gone because yeah. even if someone's gonna watch them I would feel like I was too far away okay yeah I, I can understand that <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I sadly, for better or worse, I'm my I only have six years, and then they're all gonna leave me. So I am not wishing them away at all. If you're lucky, I've I've still got two living with me. I've got the youngest you? one's twenty three. So. I don't, my husband's. You got to find a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've got jobs. That's not a problem. But they're still living. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna kick them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says that, but says that. we'll see what happens when the time comes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> certain there are certain places I'm definitely more comfortable going with the family or waiting sure, a sure. little while. But but yeah, I have 
lots of places I'd love to go. I've never been even been to the Grand Canyon, which is oh wow, okay. Yeah. Kind of being as old as I am in the U.S., that I have never, I've never lived a, like I'm grew up on the East Coast, Midwest yeah. and East Coast, and then I've been in the Midwest since college. But we spent a lot of time going out to the Tetons when I was little. So mm-hmm. some of the other places I didn't manage to get, but I also really love the like the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, travel yeah. out like. Washington, Oregon, California area. I've traveled some with my family and it's just, it's so beautiful out there. Yeah, definitely. That, that's one that's definitely still on my bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, oh, sorry. What's, oh. what's your most memorable experience taking photos? Gosh, it's, that's really hard just because I've had so many. Mm-hmm. My, that first weekend in the Tetons after I started learning is really memorable to me. Um, I do have um, an image printed in my family room that from the fall of 2012, Mm -hmm. that is, it feels like definitely one of those turning points where right just nature astounded me so i do remember from that weekend the first day i got out there i was by myself my mom met me at my grandparents house for the weekend but she didn't get there the first day mm. and i went on one of my favorite hikes and just took my camera everywhere and i don't even think any of the pictures were that amazing <laughs> but just being out was amazing i remember thinking this is the best day i've spent by myself in I don't know how long. And I remember that along the river behind my grandparents' home was like this tree that had already turned colors and it was sitting at the end of the river and it was just beautiful. Fantastic. And then when my mom came, so my grandparents' property, which is sold in 2016, but back when they bought it in 1969. So for many years, there was behind the house was what they called the meander and it was like a tiny little creek and you could step over the rocks and you wouldn't approach getting your feet wet in fact my mom said that they could barely even find it for a while like you had to look for it and my grandpa would hike far back to the main channel of the snake river and fish every day so he went over this meander the snake river which you know twists and turns it turned and so what the meander became like an actual like rivers and like real part of the river behind the house so for many years we couldn't it would be up to your chest so you you couldn't just cross it and so in 2012 it was really low and so that weekend my mom and I were able to cross it and go hike all the way back to the actual main channel of the river and we did some photography and then we noticed a storm was coming over the mountains. So we turned and we left and we were walking and I just turned to look back at the mountains where the storm was and the sun was coming through and it lit up all of these golden grasses. Fantastic. It was amazing. So I took a picture of it. I called it the golden meadow mm. and it was just so beautiful so I have that printed large and framed in my family room so that have many 
more memorable moments and especially doing my retreats and so forth. But that like, that was the first that that's what it was that first real high of being out and being just totally amazed Mm. by nature and finding that translation into my images. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I thought of one other place I have to go back. And that's the Dolomite. (laughs) My family and I went to the Dolomites for a couple of days last summer. And that was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Another one on my list. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We went. I didn't get, we had to compromise about leaving the the Airbnb at sunrise though, instead of getting more at sunrise. But so, yeah, that was definitely, that was a memorable, that, weekend in the Tetons was was memorable because like, I think it it's what got me hooked everyone has those moments when they're not inspired and they have that challenge of trying to get themselves inspired again how do you go about that process of re-inspiring yourself when the creative juices just yeah. aren't flowing and it's not there so one of my, I guess one of the things I do is I don't worry about it too much. Yeah. If I'm not feeling like picking up my camera, I just don't for the most part. If I'm feeling that way, I feel like it's usually because I have a lot going on at home. I am stressed about something at home. I have things I need to be taken care of. and. I just allow, or I just allow myself to do those other things that are needing to be done. And I know that when I get maybe out on my next trip that I will feel inspired again when it comes to home. Sometimes I just kick myself out and go for a walk. I, I have, like I said, I really haven't gotten to shoot at home too much, but there's a couple of times I'll just grab a camera. I have, there's a pond behind our house. It's just a retention pond, but some I'll see things that sometimes inspire me. Even when I walk my dogs, I'll see like flowers, certain patterns yeah. uh, of flowers. And I'm framing things in my, in my mind. Sometimes I feel like that really helps when mm. you're not, when you're not actually trying to take pictures. Yep. Yep. So I might see something that, that it feels inspiring to me and sometimes I don't have the opportunity to actually put my camera up to it but I think it that can make me feel inspired Mm. mostly I try to recognize that if I'm really not feeling inspired it's usually because I need to take care of myself in another way yeah getting stuff done at home or whatever it may be but I usually have faith that next time I get out traveling, I'm going to feel inspired when I'm in a new place. Yeah. Um, it would be, okay, I'm just, tomorrow I'm going to the Arboretum and I'm just going to take a walk and yep. that kind of thing. Sure. So you know, for someone who maybe doesn't have a trip planned, that would be something that I would do. I would just carve out like a morning for myself where I decide that I'm going to go. Or I just grab the camera and walk around my pond. And if I see something great and if I don't, that's okay too. 
Yeah. I tend to just respond to things that I see rather I'm not like I'm for just for example, I'm so I I'm so inspired by people who can take like food photography and, mm, okay. and design it. Like to look amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I have one friend of mine who she is amazing. She just she but it's very organized and planned and set up. I'm so not that kind of photographer, photographer. Yeah. but it, I think it's amazing. I, I'm more just, I might see something out by the pond and be like, Oh, I should take my camera there. Or I see it while I'm walking the dogs and uh-huh. that's how I respond. But mostly I just think if we're not inspired, there's probably something else we have to do for ourselves. Yeah. Or for yeah. me. I feel like if I'm in the right mindset, I will probably find, I will probably see something that inspires me, Mm -hmm. but if I'm weighed down by busyness or routine or worries of something, then I'm less inspired. But sometimes I do kick myself out to say, because I know that if I get out there, then it can help me if I'm in a, a less than ideal emotional place. Sure. What do you see as being the biggest challenge facing photographers right now? Probably just the fact that there's imagery and photographers everywhere, like on Mm -hmm. the internet. I think it's, I think it's hard to keep out the noise. Yeah. Yep. And of course, I know I haven't engaged in a lot of the chatter, but just all the AI and that's always been how much do you edit and how much you don't and how much it feel and, and just everyone's opinions in, in all regards, right. Whether it's what you do in post-processing and how you do things and listening to what other people think. And I think that's definitely one of the biggest challenges and especially because I think the more we learn the more we are harder on ourselves and the more we seek everything to be better and I think that's hard because I think it can often lead to being less than satisfied or happy Mm. with imagery when And I think that is a little bit sad because I think that when we get out in the nature and we're experiencing something beautiful to end up coming back and just being dissatisfied with our images, when we were in this amazing place and experiencing beauty, that's really unfortunate Yeah, to, to feel like you want to love something, but then let those outside voices drown out your own mm-hmm. excitement yep. and i think social media is a double-edged sword oh absolutely yeah. i got a love hate relationship with it <laughs> right yes but it's i think all those things are are one of the biggest challenges we start out picking up a camera and be like oh wow look at this and then it just becomes this isn't this and this isn't this and yeah you get you get yeah you can get so picky. Didn't know the composition. I'm slightly too far left or too far forward or whatever. Too high, too low. <laughs> yeah, I think that's which it's good that we see things and sure, we learn sure. from them. And, How to improve next time, but yeah, right. 
Exactly. But I also think it's important to be able to say, yeah, I might do that next time, but I love this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, totally get that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, you don't have to just totally discard an image. Uh, just you know, maybe you're not going to submit it for a competition, but really, I don't know. I'm not that concerned about a competition. I'm not really into okay. competitions. I don't even know when they happen. Most of the time I like, oh yeah, I didn't know about that competition, but yeah, not I'm, that I'm I, always surprised to how many there are. Yeah. I'm, I, sometimes I think I live under a shell because I'm like, I didn't even know that competition existed, but I don't know. I think it's sometimes it's what determines the value of an image when there's a lot of things like, I don't think it has to be a competition winner or a scroll stopper yeah. necessarily to have a lot of value. So I think what's for each of us to decide which images have value for us and to not, obviously, if you have to make your living then with your selling images, you have to care what's going to sell. Can't yeah. dispute that. But outside of that, yeah. I think, I don't know, sometimes I just hear too many people unhappy with or yeah, not feeling yeah. confident enough in what they're creating. And yeah. I think that, that the more you get around other people that do it, the more sometimes it can push your own feeling, people own feelings down. And yeah, I think that is a challenge for a lot of people. And I think sometimes depending where we're at on any given day, anyone can fall victim to that where you're totally. yeah. having a good day and it's like, eh. <laughs> what, what about the future of photography where do you see it going oh goodness i don't know right now that i really don't know i hope like with all the post-processing and ai creations and stuff it's hard to it's hard to know what where that's going to take us. And I don't know. I'm not really sure. I think, I hope that, I hope that there is at least still some kind of distinction just because I feel like there's so much value in the actual experience and what I'd we like, actually yeah. saw. And I don't necessarily, like, I don't have a, a judgment about AI created art. And I think some of it is just really neat. Um, and very visually appealing. And I yeah, think that yeah. digital art is an art. And I don't think that's necessarily should be discounted. But being out in the moment and capturing, creating imagery from our cameras that actually reflects the moment is also, to me, really valuable for um, yeah. the creator and for yeah. Um, others who view it. I, so, I can see AI impacting commercial photography, possibly yeah. even the, the modeling industry, uh -huh. probably much more than it will the, the landscape photography. Because, as you said, that authenticity of being out in nature, being out in the, in the field itself, and that experience has yeah. a value of its own, which Similarly, can't be. But yes, I could type in a, a a prompt that will give me a beautiful shot of Lofoten, for example. But <laughs> I've never been there, so right. what, what I'm missing out on have is the journey there, the cost and the the value of actually putting myself standing in that place. 
And for, for me, I see that in itself has intrinsic value in, in photography. And I don't think that's going to disappear. I can see, though, if you're a, a photographer for Coke, that the advertising guru is there or say, okay, he costs this much. I can type a few words or I can pay somebody a lot less to type a few words and give me an image that looks much the same. And yeah. so they're going to make commercial decisions around that, which I think are going to have impacts on the industry. Yeah, I think you're right, because when it comes down to it in a situation like that, it's what is going to sell, what will sell, what will exactly. market our product the best. Yeah, And I can see also how that takes photographers of any genre, including landscape, down that path, because... Oh, totally. Yeah. Let's face it, if I go out, there's the elements, I had a blog article, I see there's our craft all the technicals there's our vision there's our opportunity mm-hmm. and then there's an element of luck and totally. if two photographers go out to the same place at the same time on different days and one gets like this amazing lightning yeah. and rainbow and the magic unicorn and then yes. the other person goes out and they just have rain or a total clear sky one's if they're pretty, both very competent photographers with good vision, one's going to get these jaw-dropping images and the other's not as much, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, It'll be good, but not as I can. So you can understand where it's maybe that photographer who didn't get the great weather or conditions wants to like enhance their image if they know how in post-processing. Because so now yeah. they have this more dramatic image that they can get followers and customers and whatnot. It's totally understandable yeah. and you get that. But at the same, I know I don't do that with my images, not because I may don't necessarily know how or because of an, or because I think it's wrong. I just, I'm like, if I do that, like it's no longer the moment that I was yeah, there. It's, it's like, not that I experience. It's not a reflection right, of I, experience. Yes. It's not a reflection of my experience anymore. And so when I would look at the image, it 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 would feel like digital art and not the experience. Yeah, yeah. So while, again, I don't necessarily think that it's wrong to do it. It's just not something that I do because when I'm creating, it's, it, it comes from the experience, from yeah. my joy and feeling of being there. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's where it comes in, I think, to whatever each artist chooses. But I definitely I see the argument where people say one's more true capture Probably. photography and one's more digital art. And yeah, yeah. no judgment to where you go. I like to play with certain concepts. Like I've done some not a ton, but a little bit of like in camera multiple exposures. Yep. My Nikon can do that. I actually also have a Sony. Sony can't do that. So you actually would have to put them together. So I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I don't do any kind of creative processing or anything. I just don't, I don't want to go where it's not my own experience. Yeah. Gotcha. I think that's, I know some people can get pretty heated about each side of it I'm not really I feel like each person to their own and this is what I do and this is why yeah 
Yeah, but you're right about the commercial stuff because I think it's they, they, whatever selling their product. Thing. Yeah, whatever they think is going to sell their product is where they're going to spend their money. Absolutely, it's going to come down to that commercial decision. What, how can I do this cheaper another way? If I can, I'm going to do it. And yeah, coming, I I spent a lot of time in the corporate world, and that's how that world works. It's yeah, you know, I've, cost and profit, and you say, okay, if I can cut money out here. I can make more money over there. <laughs> Have you, do you do much in terms of like more creative stuff or do you feel I've, like. I've, I've, I've dabbled with AI. Running. Personally, it doesn't grab me that much. I will occasionally do a composite or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're doing things like star trials, for example. Yes. Yeah. To, to pull that entire circle off, for example. Right. You can't do yeah. that with a single image. Nope. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So you've got to go through creative editing to make that work. Yeah. So things like that, yes, definitely. And yeah. but it, it's really, it, if I feel like playing around with something, I will. I've I've put a, a star field where it wasn't in the shot, in a sunrise shot, for example. And it's yeah. actually, if you look at the polarity and everything, that's actually looking south when it should be looking north or vice versa. You know? uh, so yeah. I've, I've, I've done things like that. But the key for me is being honest and upfront about that. So if I put that out on the internet, then I've right. captioned it appropriately saying, this is digital art, it's not photography. Yes, I've right. taken photos of all of the elements and the, it's all my own work, but it's... This is how I put it together. This is how yeah. I put it together. It's a composite. It's not a, yeah. it's not a single shot. It's right. nothing... There's no, the, the trickery is that I've put it together as opposed to yeah. I've done some in-camera trickery to make it happen. Right. Yeah. And I think it can be fun sometimes to play with those kinds of things. Oh, and If nothing you know, else, it teaches you yeah. how the editing process works and yeah. it teaches you. I, I use Photoshop almost exclusively with minimal edits actually in Adobe Camera Raw. So most of my processing is in Photoshop. And yeah. what it's done is taught me about how to use layers and blending and that sort of thing, where I've used that in what I'd call more pure photography. But I'm, yes. it's not about necessarily being digital art versus being photography. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Are there any photographers out there that you think I should be talking to? Oh, boy. I didn't think about it. I didn't look at your list of who, like, Check and see who you might know. I'll just know. throw a couple of names at me. We'll work it out. <laughs> have you, you probably already had Jennifer Renwick. You probably already have. No, I haven't had Jennifer on. No? I've got her on my list, but I haven't actually spoken to her yet. Okay. She's inspiring and also a great person, friend of mine. I, I don't know if you are familiar with Beth Young. I've seen some of her work, yes. She's um, a friend of mine that I think she's really inspiring work as well. She does some great landscape photography as well as more intimate nature shots. Fantastic. Um, That's fine. That, that, that'll that do for now. <laughs> my head starts swimming with photography. I know, yeah. I, 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 it's, it is an unfair question heart. because you, you, <laughs> there's so many people that you can name. <laughs> Okay, it's, who are two people come straight to my head? It's yeah. been absolutely wonderful talking to you. I've got one more question for you and for yeah. 
many of my listeners, it's the most important question I ask, and I ask this to to everyone. Do you like pineapple on pizza? <laughs> I'm okay with pineapple on pizza. I don't usually order it. However, I'm the same. I like it. So if my pizza has pineapple on it, I'm good with it. I like pineapple and I love pizza. So I will eat pineapple on pizza. And I did know you asked that, but I hadn't (laughs) thought of it. I wasn't thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah, I totally got off. I I knew you asked that, but it was not on my brain. The one, I don't like black olives on pizza. Oh, really? I I don't mind an olive. An olive person. What, what about anchovies? Some people are really anti-anchovy. I don't love anchovies either. Yeah, um, if they're there, I won't pick them off. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with most things on pizza. Yeah. But I like most of it. I am, otherwise, I like most veggies and I like sausage. I like pepperoni. Yeah, yeah. pizza's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's been wonderful taking some time to talk to you about your work and about how you do things where can people find your work yeah so my my website is kristenryanphotography.com and that's kristen ryan photography is my instagram as well so those are probably like the two main places to find me fantastic thanks very much kristen thanks for having me i appreciate it It was fun talking with you as well grant thank you Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon.